In Ernest Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises, a character is asked, how did you go bankrupt? And he responds, two ways, gradually, then suddenly. That's what we're seeing in the market right now. Back in October, I did a show about Credit Suisse. I said they are in big, big trouble. They went through firing people, restructuring, and the Saudis helped bail them out. This time, there's no bailout in sight. Will this be the fourth large bank to fail in less than four business days? All eyes are on Credit Suisse starting now. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I am your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. Thank you for buckling in for another show. We're talking again today about the financial uncertainty that's going on in the world, not in America, in the world. I started down this avenue months ago telling people about the milkshake theory that the United States and the dollar bill was going to start funneling in all the money from around the world, a theory that I had learned about a few years ago. I also talked about how Credit Suisse might be one of those large banks that the Swiss allow to fall because they can't support it. And now we're seeing it happen. Credit Suisse has lost 75% of their value over just the last four months. Let that settle in. 75% is gone. Just today, 25% was wiped away. 97% of their trading money was wiped out over the past five years. There is now, according to those that do the statistics, a 47% probability of default, which was up from just a few hours before I recorded this, of 38%. There's only one thing that can happen here. There's either going to be a bailout of this bank or they're going to fail. They're going to close just like SVB closed, just like Signature closed. The Swiss National Bank has already issued a statement that they will provide liquidity to Credit Suisse if it becomes necessary. So what are the Saudis doing? Because the Saudis just a few months ago started putting billions of dollars in. Well, the Saudis have issued a statement, no more. They're not to come to the Saudis. They're not going to continue to prop up a failing bank. With that stated, the Swiss National Bank and the Swiss Financial Market Supervisory Authority have said that the problems in the USA do not pose a direct risk of a contagion for the Swiss financial markets. I want to ask you something about critical thinking. When all the politicians in America are concerned about what type of information is going out over Twitter, when the president says 
this isn't going to be a big problem. We got everything under control. We stopped the bleeding before the bleeding was uncontrollable. And now the Swiss bank is saying, don't worry. What's happening in the United States is not going to affect our Swiss financial market whatsoever. Can you trust the words that are being said to you? I just had former White House economist on the show on Tuesday, Mike Termott. Mike gave me a calming message and listeners. He said that, you know, I think that this is something we're all going to survive, but a recession is definitely coming. When I asked a follow-up question to Mike about how much is this going to hurt the middle class, not the billionaires, not the millionaires, the middle class, he said, quite frankly, yes, next question, meaning it's going to hurt a lot. That recession is coming. Now, if you've been listening to my show, I've been trying to tell you about it over and over and over again. Of course, I try to tackle a ton of other topics throughout each week, try to randomize the shows, get great guests on so you can hear some stories. But the reason why I keep coming back to this is because I don't see other people on this network worried about your financial security the way that I have been. And when I say that, I mean... I haven't seen other people on the network that I'm on talking about the importance of paying attention to your regional banks, your national banks. There have been other individuals that have talked about the central bank digital currency like I have. I'm not alone there, but I've been on top of this story for a good amount of time. When I see Jim Cramer coming out saying that Credit Suisse is a great franchise, Right after he says, you know, SVB, everybody invest into this and then it crashes. I have to wonder right now, is this all our government agencies? Is this all of the politicians talking to save face, talking so that way we do not manifest a crisis larger than what they want to have? But I, I'm telling you, there is nothing that's going to stop. We can prolong pain. Prolonging pain is not going to fix the core root of the problem. The core root of the problem is we've over-regulated all of these markets. We've given people the impression that your money is constantly safe, that the government will just bail you out should you have a problem if you're a billionaire or a millionaire with a business. We've told everybody that some people are too big to fail. Meanwhile, the regular people at home they're the ones that are failing. They're the ones that are choosing what they have to put on the table each night because they can't afford to maybe purchase the finest of the food. They're purchasing processed foods because that cost is going up and up and up. It's the billionaires that constantly make out. Now, I believe if we're going to have a tax, everybody should pay fairly into those taxes, including the wealthy. I don't believe in having a separate standard for the wealthy, not when it comes to what they're paying in their personal tax. I've told my listeners, I support everybody pays the exact same amount, carte blanche across the board, unless you are of a huge poverty line and then you don't pay any tax because we want to get you up into the middle class. We don't want anybody living in poverty. But if this recession hits, and if we're going to get close to a depression, 
which reading the tea leaves online, I think that a worldwide recession is coming very quickly, gradually, and then all at once. You know, that's why I started off with Ernest Hemingway at the beginning. We're, we're, we're getting to that point rather quickly and we better pay attention because it is gradual until it's sudden. And what are you going to do when it's sudden? What are you going to do when you realize that the money is untouchable in your local regional bank? What are you going to do when you still have to pay that credit card debt? I see so much misinformation out right now. People are saying, well, it's good news. You know, if you, if you had a credit debt at one of these banks, that's disappeared. They're forgiven. No, they have not. They are simply being held and frozen at the present moment until somebody else buys that out. Could they restructure your debt? Absolutely. Do they have to restructure your debt once they buy it out? Nope. That is a note of a guarantee that you have promised to pay. If somebody is telling you online right now that, oh, celebrate that you had a credit card there because you no longer have to pay it, they're giving you really bad information. As the kids say, that's cap, right? Fact or cap, that's not fact. That's total cap. So you want to continue to pay your bills. What are we to do to prepare for what I believe is coming? I was talking to a friend and she listens to the show and she made a great point. She said, Greg, you tell everybody about, you you could purchase precious metals. You can get your money out of the markets and into physical solid goods. But what if a person doesn't have the means and capabilities or the liquid cash to turn over to these precious metals right now? What is the next biggest things that you would recommend? And I thought this is an excellent question for the show. So I want to address this uh, now. First, you should have a plan in place for what would happen should all of a sudden tomorrow your deposit card, direct de- uh, you know, debit cards, your credit cards, they stop working. Now, I'm not telling you that's what's about to happen. That, that's not what I think is about to happen. But my plan goes in the place, solar flare shoots off, which by the way, the sun has been super active. I need to get Ben Davidson back on the show to talk about that. But a solar flare hits our satellites, knocks out the banking industry for months. How are you going to eat? Where's your food coming from? How are you going to purchase things out of store when there's no internet? How are you going to communicate? Cell towers go off. How are you going to communicate? Most people got rid of their landlines. So one of the things that I think people could do right now is reestablish the landline, right? The, the lines that run underground that might survive something like that, that might still be up. So if all you have is a cell phone, that might be useless one day. So one of the first things you can do to ensure some of your safety is protect yourself from the modern communications grid, making sure that you can reach all of your family, your loved ones, your friends. So that way you can start the second part of this, which is going to be community. But I'll get there in a second. The next thing that I think everybody should have on hand is start planning for how do you keep electricity going to maintain your food supply should the regular grid go out. For myself, I want solar. Solar gives me that opportunity in order to generate my own electricity during the day, harness that, and then use it. Other people, if you have natural gas and those lines are going to stay moving and flowing, you could always go with a generac type of system that could provide power why is that important because there are local sourced farms 
where you can start getting food from right now and establish that relationship. With those farms, you can put food in the freezer to keep for another day. You can get Mylar bags off Amazon rather cheap. You can start bagging your own food, put in the oxygen uh, deoxygenators that pull out all of the oxygen from the bags when you seal them to help keep them fresh longer and keep things up to five years in there. Uh, there's some great charts online that you can follow for that. You have so many different ways you can prepare from canning to Mylar, uh, making sure that you have frozen food. But the biggest part of this, the biggest part is to find out where does your local food come from? And I'm glad that I don't live in the city anymore. Living in the city, I think, would be a tough place during a crisis. And so I would tell you, if you're living in a city, you should make sure that your community is one that's going to look out for one another. Because when the food stops coming in, the violence likely will start as people want to find out, hey, where can I feed my family? When people are hungry, people will do desperate things. You also want to make sure you have an escape plan. Now, I know this sounds like really crazy, and I know this is more like a conversation for average Joe. But if you're just asking me like, hey, I can't purchase precious metals right now. Well, that's fine. These are all like the other common sense things. If all the banks start collapsing and things start getting pretty crazy, you're going to want to have a weapon. You're going to want to be able to protect yourself in your home. I'm not trying to fear monger. I'm not trying to scare anybody. But again, this isn't one of those situations where there's no power on the grid. You can't get food. I can tell you ammo is going to be money. Having brass is going to be your currency. You can always trade trade ammo to a neighbor uh, that you trust in that community. That's going to be very important. Hunting will be vital. Uh, somebody having the skills to butcher the meat after you hunt it, knowing how to cook. These are all things right now, because of this immense amount of information that's going on in the world, you can research online and figure out how to do yourself. But when I come back on the opposite side of this break, I'm going to tell you the most important part, and it's going to be the most difficult part of preparing should something go wrong here this year in 2023. Once again, this is not fear-mongering. Simply, I was asked a question, and I want to answer that question because this individual talked about this importance with me, and it's correct, but now I want to expand upon what they were sharing with some of my thoughts. And so I'll share that with you on the opposite side of the break. Make sure you're supporting the sponsors because the lights aren't off yet. And as a result, all these sponsors help keep America Out Loud going strong. So you can hear America uh, Talk Radio on all of your favorite apps and you get all of your podcasts from the America Out Loud Network, www.americaoutloud.com. Everything from Healthy Cell, the Genesis Fogger to Cofix RX. They are the three that have been good to me that I fully wholeheartedly believe in. So I want you guys to check those out as well. Be right back after the break. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative thing. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. 
the liberty and justice for all. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome back, Bold Americans. We are talking about what to do with an impending financial collapse should it hit gradually, then suddenly, or what do you do if all of a sudden you can no longer access your money due to some type of catastrophe, disaster? What better time to be prepared than the present, right? If we don't have a plan, we're planning to fail. So the wise people say, well, I kind of was telling you about the local farms, right? And there's a website you can go to. It's called localharvest.org. Localharvest.org has uh, farms around your community. You can type in where you live and it will tell you everywhere you can go, orchards, meat places, uh, get uh, chicken, all of your poultry. You can get uh, grass-fed beef and they're going to be all over. It's it's a really great little website. I, I don't get any kickback whatsoever. I, I literally found this website preparing for this show. So localharvest.org. If my listeners have other websites that you use in order to find out what are, what are your community-based places, feel free to send me a message, greg at americaemboldened.com, uh, or join me on Twitter, at RealGregBolden. Give me a follow, uh, engage in the conversation that we have daily. Uh, let's help build that community as well. Uh, so that that's really important, which by the way, thank you. Thank you to the individuals that have started supporting the show uh, via the buymeacoffee.com. Uh, Buy Me A Coffee helps support what I do. Uh, as I always tell people, I, I don't get a paycheck for any of this, but the generosity of listeners like you uh, helps me produce great content and really helps me travel and do things as far as uh, finding other guests. So when I go down to Washington, D.C., you know, you're helping put gas in the car both ways or get a hotel room if I need to spend the night in order to do some of the interviews that I do. So I really appreciate it. You can always go to my website, americaembolden.com, where you can find that link for how to do so. It's also on the Twitter page as well. So just thank you very, very much. It's it's much appreciated uh, to those individuals that, that have done so. Um, you are in my prayers uh, as well as on my heart as I'm, as I'm doing this show. So much appreciated. All right. So I'm talking about what we need to do in order to maintain uh, some sanity amidst everything. And so one of the big things is creating a community. And so my friend said to me, you know, if you can't 
purchase all these physical metals, all the precious metals. You don't have the resources. What's a person to do in a community? Well, there's a couple different things I want to point out here as I, as I talk about it's good to have community for a survival scenario or for uh, a challenge scenario, meaning that things might be getting a little bit difficult. But it might also be difficult to find a supportive and effective group. And that's because of the fall of man. Not everybody that you're going to come across is going to have the sh same shared goals, the same perspectives. And I believe that after 2020, we've become a self-centered society. Uh, we have a lot of people that are only looking out for themselves. Uh, we've become polarized in politics. We've forgotten that our neighbors are human beings, even though we like to label them. In a survival scenario, you're going to have to think quick on your feet, and you're also going to have to get rid of some of those labels that you think that you have. I don't think anyone, when they're hungry, is thinking about whether they're a Republican or a Democrat. No one's thinking about you know, which part of the Constitution that they want to have changed. They're thinking about, how do I put food in my belly? They're thinking about, how do I provide for the future? And there's also the greed side. The greed side of community is everybody wants to better themselves versus somebody else. And so in one of these scenarios, you have to stop comparing. It doesn't mean that you lose your competitive edge, but you might have to lose a bit of your comparing to other people in order to survive for each other's. So if you live in a development, perhaps that might be the worst thing possible. If you have a bunch of selfish people in your development that don't follow rules to begin with, you want to pay attention. Who are the people in this community that don't follow rules? They're likely the people that might be one of the largest threats to you. They also could be one of the people that are most helpful to you in that scenario as well. But you're going to want to try to get to know some of those individuals on whether or not they're self-centered or community-based and just don't like. Maybe they're libertarian-based and don't like those things. But find out and identify who amongst you has a common goal and a common value. Now, I talk about morality and ethics on my show a good amount. And many people tell me that, well, morality, that doesn't really exist because morality is subjective. Uh, it's something that everybody can decide what is moral based upon their own code. Okay, well, what are your shared values? Do you have the same values and goals in this type of situation? You know, the survival scenario, the high priority is food. Who will be farming food in the neighborhood in the farming months? Who will be canning stuff? Who will provide uh, the best shelter should you lose your, your, your home? Uh, how about security? making sure that you can protect yourself. Uh, do your neighbors around you, that they have better skills and security than you do? Do you have cops that live by uh, your home? If so, you know what type of role do you think that they would play in all this? Can you trust them? It's also important to figure out what your priorities are going to be. Is your priority going to be to go out and find supplies? Is your priority going to be uh, somebody is handling the leftover finances, how it's going to be um, the law of the land? You know, are you going to have a place to put people? Should they get out of line? Now, I know this all sounds really absolutely crazy, but these are things that if you're not thinking about precious metals and being able to have some type of financial freedom to go someplace, uh, everybody should be thinking along these lines. How are you going to help one another? That's going to be really important. So if you're not communicating with your community already, 
find how to communicate with people. There are some phenomenal walkie talkies on Amazon uh, that travel about 50 uh, miles. You can get those actually pretty cheap as well. Now with trees and hills, your, your mileage may vary, right? If you're on the opposite side of a mountain, you're not communicating with that person. You're going to need uh, a ceiling that allows, unless you've got some, uh, a cloudy day that you can bounce your signal up and over the mountain. It's going to be difficult. That's just got to understand communications. But you might need somebody like me that understands ham radio, somebody that understands how to make communications work. That's important for a uh, community. But also, how are you going to share information ideas? Is there somebody who's an alpha? Who are the betas? Again, someone just to pay attention to. Are your alphas sharing the same values or are they going to be a danger to your community? So that's how you have to build trust. How are you going to support one another with your trust? Well, a lot of times just get to know people's shared experiences. If you share your experiences with one another in a way that you understand that builds trust in that relationship. I, I look at that even as I do interviews, people seem to like my interview style from the emails that I've gotten from many listeners. So thank you for that. But all that is, is building trust with the person that's sitting across from me. It's making sure that we have a shared experience. That brings me to what would your role and responsibility be in a community? Do you know what you bring to the table? What are your skills? What are your experiences in the workplace? What do people gravitate towards you for? Are you good at leadership? Are you good at playing a part, a role? What are your more practical skills? Can you gather food? Are you good at building things? Can you provide medical care? And then the biggest part is, are you resilient? Can you adapt to a new circumstance? There will be many people in a great depression here in the United States, or even a great recession in the United States that have to adapt to not living the way they've been used to living. So even if you don't need to access the community on that same level, maybe you only need to access your adaptability and resiliency. I think it's really important to pay attention to that. How would you play your part in a world that doesn't allow you to live by the same standard that you were living by previously? You got to pay attention to that. Now, there's many financial systems right now that seem like they're breaking down. Manifestation of thought is a very important thing. I believe that if you think it into fruition to the point that you know it's coming true, it's going to come true. We have a fatalistic streak in this country where people seem hell-bent on destroying things with that fatalism. What is your fatalism? What have you imagined happening in the future that if it happens, you wouldn't like it, but for whatever reason, you become fixated on it? Whatever that is, stop it. Seriously, stop it. I talked on Monday about it's important to have calm over panic. Mike Termot taught the importance of, all right, no, everybody shouldn't go run, take their money out. I get that if people start doing that, everything falls apart. Here's what we should acknowledge. We absolutely have a major problem right now in America and around the world in our global economies. I'm not hiding that from anybody and you should not ignore that. 
we are in bad, bad shape. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But if we manifest it, we're not going to be in a recession. We're not going to be in a great recession. We're going to be in a depression. We weren't alive to experience that. Perhaps you know some people in your life that are closing in on uh, being 100 years old. They were only 9 or 10 years old at the height of it. From 1929 to 1939. Uh, it may not even be of that age. My math here is failing me on the, on the fly as I do this. My point is, we don't have contextual basis in order to look back at the Great Depression. We just have our history books. But I know that there's people that died because of the Great Depression. I know there's people that starved because of the Great Depression. There's people that lost everything and felt that they couldn't go on with their lives. You don't need to make that choice for yourself. We can support one another. So yeah, maybe you don't have the ability to go get precious metals to our gold guy, contact an IRA on my site. Okay, fine. But maybe you do have the ability to become resourceful right now and make sure that no matter what happens, you have a plan to make sure that your family can eat, can drink clean water. You're putting those measures in place. That sounds like a really good investment for people to make right now. If you're not willing to make that investment, well, we're probably on two different teams. I believe in investing into the possibilities of scenarios. I don't believe in ignoring them. Because again, as I said, planning the fail is filling the plan. Now, we can also argue about should banks be getting any bailouts? Should the Swiss bank prop up Credit Suisse? Should anybody be trying to bail out the banking industry at this point in time? I'm going to come down strong here. The answer is no. The economy has been breaking down for years. The economy started breaking down during the coronavirus. We saw almost a willful shattering of the global economy by every single world government by pumping imaginary fiat currency into each of the country's borders. That caused runaway inflation. That caused pricing to go up because as people got that money, they were all too happy to spend it. And as you spend something, supply and demand, the demand starts to go up. As the supply starts to dwindle, it raises the cost of the price. And we were dealing with a lack of supply from the car industry to the housing industry, straight on down to the supermarket shelves. Now, talking to people in the food industry, they told me the food was always there. It was just a matter of getting truck drivers to want to actually drive them to their locations during COVID. It was trying to get people to stay at work. Now, there were plenty of really good Americans and people around the world that continue the work. So please, if you're a truck driver, I love you. Thank you for delivering your stuff. If I'm preaching to the choir here, then this is not aimed at you. Just telling you what people that work in the food industry have shared with me. Right now is not the time to bail out the rich unless we want to ruin the rest of the middle class. We want to ruin the middle class for the next 15 to 20 years, bail out the rich again. Some people are going to be pretty upset with this next statement that I'm going to make. It's about the car industry. One of the greatest things that happened with the car industry is when a few car manufacturers died off. And it pains me to say that 
I loved the Pontiac brand. They had some really cool cars at one point in time. Saturn was a really cool uh, American company that manufactured their vehicles right around the corner from my childhood house. The Saturn Sky was built literally within a mile of where I grew up. Employed so many people. You know, General Motors owned that plant beforehand. That stated, Pontiac, Saturn, them leaving the market as a car company did not hurt the everyday American long-term. In fact, it helped. Yes, it costs jobs in the short term, but the market sometimes has to readjust and you got to work for the companies that are putting good quality products out there that are putting long-term warranties and everything else. And that's the reason why we saw companies like Hyundai come over to America and be successful. They had these crazy warranties, 10 years, 100,000 miles. Meanwhile, you go to Pontiac and it was three years, 36,000 miles. And then they were breaking down. Meanwhile, people were in their Honda and Hyundais going, wow, this car, I'm at 150,000 miles and I've hardly had any bills. It's been great. I don't think that's the experience with Hyundai anymore. I'm hearing that Hyundai is having transmission problems. They're having lots of problems. No bank, no manufacturer, no car company is too big to fail. Because once we say that somebody's too big to fail, there's no longer accountability for the product. Once the government starts propping these individuals up and making sure that they can still stay in business, you and I, the middle class, we are the only ones getting screwed. So the takeaways for this episode are this. Pay attention to what's going on right now in the banking industry. Because I believe that all these politicians, they're trying to calm what they know is coming. It's coming gradually. This is just the first part that we're getting hit with. Suddenly is next, and it's going to be here before you know it. Put a plan in place. Understand if I cannot access my money or my money doesn't get as far because at this point, supply chain or whatever starts to really be in doubt, what would you do? And as I said, don't make this about being fatalistic. Do not envision the end result. Envision everything being good. Manifest that into everything. Make this show one where it's like, hey, a good prep show is always a good idea, but we didn't want to see it happen. I don't want to see it happen. I just want my listeners to be safe, be fed, and have the best shot at liberty and prosperity in this country as possible. And so this episode today is for you to make sure that you understand the situation is dire, but your options are plentiful. We have this community right here on the show where we can communicate. We can pass great ideas. I have some brilliant thinkers that come on and join me on the show. We can crowdsource as a community here, as America emboldened to look out after one another. You have the America out loud network with people who've been putting your health first, trying to tell you stories that no one else is telling from Dr. Peter McCullough to Dr. Ely and so many others. Pay attention to the people that want to help. There are good people out there and it starts right here today with me and the network. I think you're in good hands. That's all for today, folks. I got to get running. I hope that I've uh, honored your time well, gave you some food for thought. Would love to hear your feedback on this. Feel free to reach out at Real Greg Bolden on Twitter. Give me a follow. 
Uh, that way I can engage with you. We can message back and forth. I am very approachable. Happy to talk to you about anything. You've all been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Thank you.